Legal discussion on tip today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mail on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. And now it's time for, I suppose, a little reminder again about our competition. We have uh, one running this morning. Today marks World Hearing Day. Around 15% of the population suffer some degree of hearing loss with men more likely to than women. 35% of people aged over 64 have a significant hearing loss. And in the over 75s, 50% will have age-related hearing loss as well. But don't let hearing loss limit you. To help mark World Hearing Day with Hidden Hearing, we have a €200 Kilkenny Design gift voucher to give away this morning. So you to text or WhatsApp us when you hear this particular noise. There you have it, a train. Uh, later in the programme anyway, you can simply text your name and your address 083 311 That's the number to get us on. So uh, when you hear that a little bit later on, just be ready, have the text ready to go with your name and your address there. Now, I'm joined in studio by John Lynch. John, good morning. Good morning, Jim. How are things? You're in the hot seat this morning. I mean, we're, yeah, we're both in the hot seat this morning. <laughs> I, I, I fear for you more than me now, I'd say, at this stage. But <laughs> um, John, people will know you as our, our legal eagle and you have a few things that you're going to talk to us about That's this right, morning yeah. in relation to neighbours. Pa- uh, yeah, exactly. I was reading the paper there last week and uh, Mr. Bannon, uh, some people's favourite architect, uh, got into a bit of trouble with his neighbour. And uh, it it kind of reminds me of the amount of queries that I actually get through our website on neighbours and the issues that you can have with neighbours. And, I mean, it actually highlights one of the kind of key things that's always problematic. And I had it yesterday, actually, when I was, lo- I was looking out my window and I saw guys with JCBs at the boundary of, of my property. Sounds like an estate, but anyway, <laughs> just just a couple of feet I'm away. Sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, my immediate reaction was, I wonder, have they got the boundary right? I wonder, are they coming in on my bit of ground? And I wonder, and they didn't talk to me about it, and they didn't discuss it with me before they carried out works. Now, this isn't an indirect message to the neighbour, just if they are <laughs> listening to me, but it just it instinctively brings up that reaction in you is that when you're dealing with well, land, I mean, land, as we all know in Ireland, is very popular for disputes anyway, but back to the field and that. But the the kind of the immediate reaction, if somebody does something close to your boundary, is kind of to say, well, you know, what are they doing? Are they interfering with my rights? Where is the boundary, etc.? And it kind of, it kind of automatically gives you the other one, which is that you should always talk to your neighbour before you do anything at your boundary, mm-hmm. because... When you're at the boundary of two properties, the difficulty from a conveyancing point of view or from a kind of a property law point of view is that it is often quite difficult to establish who owns what. It's it's really, really difficult sometimes to determine, is that boundary your boundary? Is it their boundary or is it a shared boundary? Because, I mean, when you're dealing with boundaries and you have a row about them, you have to start and put together the jigsaw as to how do you establish ownership and you'd start with your title documents so you'd, you'd, if somebody said to me I want to know 
do I own that wall or does she or he own that wall? Well, you start by looking at the title documents and often the title documents won't help you because a little bit like the land registry in Ireland, we have a central registry in Ireland that registered la- registers land in Ireland and not all land, of course, is registered in the registry, but a lot of land is. And one of the things that they washed their hands of was boundaries. In other words, they will tell you that if, if the property registration authority registers your house, registers my my house, they will not give you a definitive guarantee on boundary. They right, will not okay. stand over the fact that even though they've got a map, even though you put in a map, I put in a map, and even though they go through a whole process of identifying boundaries and ensuring that there isn't an overlap, they will still look for that exemption on boundaries for the very reason we're talking about i.e. that it's extremely difficult to be definitive about boundaries now what they will do by the way in the property registration authority to be fair to them is they will check the maps and they will make sure that if there's an obvious conflict there they will try and resolve that conflict well in fact they won't resolve it they'll give it back to whoever it is that is registering the property to resolve the conflict but which kind of brings me to the point that, you know, when people are talking about the Property Registration Authority, it's very important to bear in mind, just as an aside, that the Property Registration Authority doesn't stand over and make determinations on title. They don't make decisions about what's Mm -hmm. presented to them. All they simply do is take what's presented to them, and if there's no obvious problem with it, they'll go about registering it. So let's go back to Mr. Bannon uh, for a second and the neighbour. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting and again, bear in mind that I, I often make the comment that you're just reading this on the paper, so I'm simply uh, commenting on what I read in the paper. Of but course, there could be more to it, you never know. There could yeah. be a lot more to it than, than what we're saying, you know. But one of the common questions that I will often get actually funnily enough from Dublin because for some reason you know when you're on the internet people think that if you're in Tipperary but if you're on the internet you're kind of global anyway so they feel they can ask you any question whether they're in Dublin or Tipperary mm-hmm. and the the questions that are often asked is I'm putting um, let's say a roof on my extension or I'm building an extension and there's a part there's a wall there uh, with my neighbour what can I do about it can I do, you know, what if I went into my neighbour and I talked to them about it and it turns out that Mr Grump lives next door and doesn't really want to talk to me, won't agree to anything, won't allow me to do anything, won't allow me to put up the wall and is objecting to everything. And so the very first question you have is the, I will call it the Bannon first question, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. because I know that there was something about him being a, having a bath at the end of the garden and he's run into difficulty in terms of the bath at the end of the garden because under planning it's not exempt. And that kind of leads you into the whole question when you're looking at planning, that there are certain things you can do on your property that is exempt from plan and a planning application. So, in other words, you don't actually formally have to apply for permission to do it. Right. That's called exempted development. And there are certain things that you must apply for permission to do, and therefore you must go to the local authority, set out your plans, advise all your neighbours, and they can object to your extension, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now, in this particular instance, uh, whether this lady has objected to the extension or not, she would have the opportunity 
as a kind of a first call to object to the planning. So the next question that will come up is, okay, I've got my planning permission. I'm about to put up my extension, but the neighbour isn't happy about it and won't agree to me doing this because they're arguing that I can't put it where I'm say I'm I'm able to put it because there's an issue on the boundary wall. So the so the next question that comes up then when you're dealing with that is that if I've got an authorization, a planning authorization, so in other words, if the local authority has said I can do it, does that mean that I can do it? Am I o- am I open to do it? And that begs two questions or two related questions. One question is what happens if I have the authorization to do it and if I'm within my rights to do it Maria in other words if I'm building the extension within the confines of confines of my property but I need to access my neighbor's property can I do anything about that right. okay so that's your next scenario how do you address that particular uh, issue and the answer to that is that they introduced legislation in Ireland that effectively gives you the out on that insofar as you can apply to the local district court and you can go into the local district court and you can say look here are my plans this is what I want to do Uh, I need access to my neighbour's property to do it Uh, can you authorise me to do it and the local district court will uh, authorise you to do it on certain conditions and the ones that are fairly obvious are that you would ensure that you'd make sure that if there was any damage done to your neighbour's property that you would reinstate that that if there was any convenience done to your neighbour that you would compensate them for that and that if there was a cost involved by the neighbour in other words if they you know commonly what you get is they will ask somebody to look at it for them like an engineer or an architect and there'll be a cost involved in that so normally that will be covered as well and you may also have to pay for inconvenience so if the neighbour has to relocate because you're uh, causing so much noise and doing so much, um, not not damage, but that you're doing so many so much works on the property that they have to relocate for a period of time. That may have to be covered as well. So that's the works order scenario. Now, as if that doesn't make it interesting enough, then then you have the scenario of, okay, what about the wall? Can I put my, you know, can I put my extension roof sitting on that wall? Or can I not put it on the wall? Yeah, who's responsible what for the wall? Who exactly. owns it? Yeah. Well, well, the very first question, I suppose, uh, that you're looking at is, who owns the wall? Mm. You know, is this a party and party wall? Is this a wall owned by me? And you'll often get a situation that that's where the row really starts. Because in, the, in that particular circumstance... If you, for example, and again, this, um, there's another area of law involved in this, which is the area of trespass, and you commonly have heard that one, is that, you know, the fellow, the farmer with the cows going down the road and they, they decide to visit your front garden and they're eating the grass in your front garden, that's an act of trespass. You know, somebody has the cattle, somebody's cattle has trespassed on your property, or if somebody comes into your property and they don't have authorization to do it, that's an act of trespass. So, obviously, the whole area of trespass is relevant to this insofar as if you don't get a works order and you decide to go in yourself to plaster the inside of the wall or something, you're mm-hmm. committing an act of trespass if you don't have the consent of the neighbour to do it. And that's where the works order came in. But of course, the whole issue about this arises, uh, the net question is, who owns the wall? And when if it comes down to who owns the wall, now the starting point of this, as I said to you, would be talk to your neighbour. 
Now, we're looking at a scenario here that you can't talk to the neighbour and that's where most of the problems arise, of course, is that communication has broken down between neighbours and they're not able to discuss it. If you're able to discuss it, you do what uh, somebody emailed me the other day, sent me a series of plans, drawings, layout plans, and showed the wall and showed what he was going to do, etc., and said that he talked to the neighbour and they wanted an agreement in writing so that they could both sign up and everything was done. So in that particular scenario, there's no works order, there's no dispute on the boundary. The parties have now agreed where the boundary is. They've agreed whether the boundary is a party wall or who owns it or whatever. So they've they've dealt with all of the issues that might arise and in future or for the future they've dealt with them as well. So the so the the final question, which of course isn't the final question at all, <laughs> but the final question of what we're talking about here is how do you deal with the issue where there's a dispute on the boundary? And that's the old classic of it really is down to the evidence that you have. Uh, and how available that evidence is and how cogent that evidence is and how whether or not if it gets into a dispute between you and your neighbour how court will view the evidence that you're presenting. So you literally have to go and in all of these things by the way invariably after, after you say to somebody in order to resolve a dispute like that and you, if you go into your local district court to try and resolve it or you go into your circuit court to try and resolve it and you're talking about a boundary wall, it could cost you quite a lot of money to resolve that particular issue because you're going to have to call witnesses, you're going to have to have evidence that literally deals with all of that. So you'll have to have visual evidence, photographs, where was the, the ditch? You might have to go back. Where was there a hedge? You might have to go back and get evidence from previous owners, etc. So you can just imagine how much work is involved mm-hmm. in putting that scenario together. Do you think and there are many of those cases taken, given the amount of, of work and the costs that's involved? There's a lot of rows about them, but the yeah. irony of them is that when you get to the point of pointing out to somebody that it could cost them quite a lot of money to resolve the dispute, it's quite... Um, I, would I, would it sound sarcastic if I said it's quite interesting how quickly the issues can resolve if suddenly you find that it's going to be very expensive to resolve them then suddenly people come together and go well wait a second here now mm. do you want to spend 20 grand on this do you want to spend 20 grand on no I don't let's just sort this out between ourselves which is by the way the way it should be and the second thing or the second way of resolving these things by and large is the primary resolution process as far as I would be concerned when you're talking about neighbour disputes and that's mediation so in other words you put people together and you mediate it it brings me in mind of a mediation that I did in Dublin literally on a wall on a party wall involving two neighbours and again like all these mediations it had to do with there was a lot of underlying issues on boundary disputes and there's a lot of underlying issues as you can imagine when you go into these whole areas if you're talking if you're talking about them it's very similar to rights away for example i mean mm. rights away i mean the interesting thing about rights away which we won't discuss this morning uh, in any great detail that mm. is anyway is that the, the, one of the major things with rights away at the moment is that <clears throat> if people don't register their rights away before the end of the beginning of next year I think it is or it could be the end of next year if they don't register their rights away they're going to be they could find themselves caught with 
the fact that they didn't actually use the right of way immediately prior to their making their application because it used to be that once you can prove long use over a period of time, even though you didn't actually use it at the time before you applied for it through the process of a registration process, you could still be able to register the right way. And I think it's something that people don't know about. But again, as I say, it's something that I'll certainly try and cover. The other one, just to get off the wall for a second, if you don't mind. (laughs) The other one with neighbour disputes is that people often, you know, when they're talking about neighbour disputes, uh, you know, we, we talk about the issues that can arise. And the other one that, that brings me in mind was the one that I was listening to the other day when I was sitting in my kitchen trying to do a bit of work and I heard the barking dog next door. And we have yeah. a question in about that, actually. Yeah, well, what do you do yeah, if, 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 yeah. if your neighbour's dog is, is barking incessantly? Well, well, you know, it's very interesting. <laughs> Talk to the neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to the dog, yeah. <laughs> or else learn some dog training tricks that you can get the, do- the dog to stay quiet. But uh, all joking aside, there is a mechanism, like everything else, to deal with dogs. And under the Dogs Act the dogs acts because there's a number of them Mm -hmm. there's quite a lot of law on dogs ironically enough and the dogs the control of dogs is through the local authority and you know where we have dog wardens and things like that but there's a complaint procedure to the local authority but there is also access to the local district court to deal with barking dogs and where you (coughs) I mean (coughs) funny when you're talking about barking dogs I mean I think the overriding consideration that you need to kind of apply to all of these things, because, you know, whether it's the neighbour's wall, whether there's the, it's the extension, whether it's the barking dog, whether it's the party next door, whether it's the it's noise that comes from the adjoining premises, whether it's the disco late at night, whatever it is, or whether it's the neighbour who's... It brings me in mind of a case somebody came to me about and they wanted to know, could they take a case in nuisance against their neighbour? And I said, why? They said, well, because they've got a tennis court very close to my boundary and they keep playing tennis on it. And I said, <laughs> I said I'm not sure you'll succeed in that particular one because the overriding consideration, be it because you can take an action in nuisance against your neighbour. You can go into the local district court. So, right, Take your dog, for example, or the barking dog. You could take an action against your, your neighbour for nuisance because it is causing an interference in your enjoyment of your property. And anything that impacts, that's an, an unreasonable impact, and that's the important thing, anything that's an unreasonable impact on your enjoyment of land, of your property, is called nuisance and is actionable at law. So if it's actionable at law, you can sue your neighbour for it. You can also go into the local district court and make a complaint about the dog and the district court has powers to order the neighbour to keep the dog quiet uh, <laughs> if that's possible but do you, if you know what I mean and, difficult and, one, I'd say, yeah. well can restrain and yeah, can say mm-hmm. you're, you must keep this dog quiet between such and such a time blah 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 and under and limit the number of dogs for example right. uh, you know there's, there's quite a lot of uh, you know power out there in the district court to make orders and if you breach an order you can also seek an injunction which by 
it's like a sledgehammer because an injunction is a circuit court application and you can look for an injunction and they're the kind of things you look for where you've got continual, consistent and persistent nuisance by an adjoining owner. You would look for, I mean, one of the biggest, well, I say one of the biggest cases, but one of the cases that is often cited in, in, in County Tipperary involved a local raceway track out the road that people might know about and there was an issue about nuisance to the neighbours and they took a case in the High Court and that actually made a lot of law in terms of it dealt with the issue of, and again, like it's these, all these areas are fascinating because they all kind of interlink, if you know what I mean, but it dealt with the area of planning permission because somebody said, well, wait a minute, what if I've got planning permission? Does that mean I'm okay? And the answer to that is not necessarily. It doesn't automatically mean that just, just, just because you've got planning for something that you can't cause a nuisance to your neighbour because obviously you can breach the planning, you can be excessive, you can have use over and above what, mm-hmm. you're, what you've got the authorization to do. But anyway, back to your, back to your barking dog you can make an application. You can get onto the local authority, dog warden, etc., and try and see if they'll do something okay. for you. But you can also make an application to the local district court that'll look to deal with that. I mean, it's the same as what you do with the noisy neighbour. You know, if you if you've got the uh, I was going to say something like if you've got people in a rented accommodation property, and I was going to say something like students, and I don't mean that no, to you indicate... Don't, to generalise, no, I'm, no, no. Yeah, I'm not no. suggesting... If, if there are noisy next-door neighbours. If you've got uh, temporary co- people in temporary accommodation, uh, and uh, the reason I was talking about students was that obviously if you're in a, a university town, it's quite common that all residential tenancies are covered by the Residential Tenancies mm-hmm. Act, and under those circumstances... Where a tenant is causing difficulty, you can actually complain to the landlord who has an obligation to try and ensure that they, that there isn't a nuisance caused. And if there's an issue with that, you can apply to the Residential Tenancies Board. But like, there's any number of different ways of dealing with, with neighbour disputes. And you also have got the Environment Protection Agency that deals with noise emanating from a building. Mm-hmm. So if you've got, you know, unreasonable level of noise coming from a building then you can you can get onto the EPA which is the Environment Protection Agency. Okay and I suppose just very quickly John we have two questions that have come in that are qu- kind of related I suppose one of them was from a caller who was wondering about a, a neighbour has uh, trees down at oh, the end of, of their garden and I, I want the, the, the comment is, is has disappeared from in front of me here but what yeah. I understand is that they're kind of overhanging uh, trees. Yeah and they're afraid that it might yeah. come down in, in, yeah. in their garden and then the second yeah. uh, one was from another texter who says mm. that they have their neighbours put up a shed um, mm. and they're wondering about uh, I think probably guttering I think maybe that rainwater yeah. will be flowing onto their yeah, yeah, into their exactly. property so These are very common ones the overhanging trees or the roots is another one that you might have roots encroaching on your property mm-hmm. and this is one of the areas that uh, you can actually have what we call abatement which is a very fancy word for going and doing it yourself. If you have overhanging trees from a neighbouring property into your property and they're on your property, you're entitled to lop off those overhanging trees. And you can do it without necessarily advising your neighbour. Now, go back to what I said day one here. I would tell your Mm neighbour. But 
you also have emergency situations. For example, if a tree from a neighbouring property falls into your property, you are entitled to abate that nuisance. So another, you're entitled to cut down that tree and deal with that. So likewise, with, likewise if somebody neighbour for one reason or another if their wall falls in on top of your property you're entitled to abate the nuisance and you've got to you've got to bear in mind that the overriding consideration here is that it's either an emergency situation or it's on your property so in other words you can't go onto your neighbour's property to decide to trim all these yeah. trees for mm-hmm. her, or her trees for her if you know what I mean mm-hmm. maybe they mightn't object if you were doing a bit of trimming if it was a good job but you know what I mean you can't do it if you are technically trespassing if you go onto yeah, your property but if it's if it's on your and side, if you're near that wall, to, by the way, I wouldn't yeah. be step. I wouldn't be assuming that you own the wall that you can step on it. But the other, the other issue that you're talking about is that if somebody has a building which is straddling a boundary mm-hmm. and or over on yeah, to your it property, it seems to be sending rainwater yeah, exactly. down onto their onto well, their property. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. strictly speaking, what you're looking at there is a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Somebody has caused a nuisance to your property, and you're entitled to abate that nuisance. But you know, again, like everything else, we're slow enough to have the row with the neighbour. But I mean, I think you need to talk to the neighbour and you need to sort that one out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's particularly Irish and particularly. Uh, uh, interesting from a lawyer's perspective to try and deal with the amount of times that you have that particular issue that the drain just happens to find its way onto the adjoining neighbour's property well the reality of it is if it's on the adjoining neighbour's property it's not on your property so you have no entitlement to be there with either you or the drain if you know what I mean Okay, alright, listen John thanks very much for That's answering strong. those questions and for, for giving us all, the, all that advice and uh, you'll be back to do it all over again very soon with, with, with Fran Hopefully, says you. <laughs> and uh, if people want to get in more questions just in advance of, of John's next visit, they can they can text us in, and uh, we'll keep them here for him to answer next time. We're-